الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين is what we call صحبة 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 which comes from the root letters صاد حاء باء these are three letters that provide a huge emphasis on improving ourselves and keeping ourselves firm on the deen. The literal meaning of suhbah, right, again, the, the root letters is being three letters, the literal meaning of the word suhbah is companionship or is company. And this is the word that, uh, that the word, th- these are the letters that the word sahaba is derived from. And the sahaba, radiallahu ta'ala anhum, these are the best examples of what companionship is. In fact, you know, the, the, they are named based off of these same exact three letters. And the ultimate thing that, that, that defined who the Sahaba were, this group of people, the ultimate, the ultimate thing that defined them wasn't, was none other than their companionship. Was none other than their companionship of the Prophet wasallam. You know, if you look at <coughs> the Sahaba at large, they were of so many, they had so much, each of them had their own, you know, type of caliber. Each of them had their own type of, uh, each of them had their own type of, <coughs> each of them had their own types of qualifications, yet we don't address them by those qualifications, we address them by merely the word sahaba, right? We don't call Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, you know, alima Aisha, or the muhaditha of our time, right? We don't call, or, or of, of our ummah. We don't refer to, you know, Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu as the uh, as a mufassir, for instance, right? And then there was fuqaha from amongst the companions. There was huffal, there was qurra. There were all of these types of people with, with tremendous qualifications that would outnumber, you know, generations that would come after them. They would outnumber them in those qualifications, and yet we don't address them, we don't uh, categorize them, we don't, uh, we don't uh, attribute them to these qualifications. We attribute them to the qualification of sahaba because this trumps all other qualifications. There's nothing better than being a Sahabi. There's nothing better than being a Sahabiya. No matter how much knowledge you have, no matter what your qualifications are, nothing will ever trump that qualification. The Sahaba. Three letters coming from Suhba. Companionship. That's how important companionship is in our deen. Right? It, it, you know, they say that if, if uh, uh, the, the, the Sahaba of the, of the, the Sahaba of the companions was so powerful that it was their mere company their, of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that gave them uh, Allah Taala's rida in the Quran. Allah, Allah subhanahu wa taala He expresses His appreciation for the Sahaba in the Quran when He says, "Radiyallahu anhum an." Allah subhanahu wa taala is pleased with them and they are pleased with Him. This title wasn't earned because they had memorized the Quran. Or because they had mastered the tafsir of the Qur'an. Or because they had mastered the, uh, the embodiment of the sunnah. It came because they were sahaba and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was pleased with all of the sahaba. Radiallahu ta'ala, anhum Allah ta'ala was pleased with all the sahaba. And it was because of their suhba and it was because of their companionship. If a person were to, at the time of the Prophet wasallam, become Muslim, and then within a few minutes, attend the uh, attend uh, a gathering of the Prophet wasallam, where they laid eyes on the Prophet wasallam. And then as soon as that happened, they went off for battle and they had passed away. 
And in those you know, few hours where they were Muslim, they didn't pray a single salah, they didn't complete a single fast, they didn't recite a single verse of the Qur'an, it would make no difference, they would still have died as a Sahabi of the Prophet And counter to that, if a person were to you know, spend uh, years and years and years in the worship of Allah, not missing a day of tahajjud for 30 years, not missing a day of recitation of the Qur'an for their entire life, following every single sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, and that person lived in the year 2014, then that person would not attain the level of a sahabi. There's nothing that you and I could do that would allow us to attain the level that the sahaba have, or attain the title of a sahabi. Impossible. There's nothing we could do. So that tells us how important this uh, this companionship is that it overtakes all other types of uh, 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 of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being in the company of the prophet sallallahu trumped everything it trumped everything there's nothing that you and I could do that could ever achieve that title or ever achieve that maqam and it doesn't it isn't necessarily with the sahaba itself you look at the generations after the sahaba a group of people that had come after the Sahaba, they were known as the Tabi'een, the people that followed the Sahabi, the Sahaba. So if a person were to uh, sit in the company of a Sahabi, even for just a few minutes, right, even for just a few hours, and then they had passed away, they would be categorized as a Tabi'i. Yet if you and I were to transmit thousands or millions of, of a hadith, you and I were to, you know, perform the complete tafsir of the Qur'an today in the year 2014, no, no matter what we were able to do, if we had performed tahajjud from now until, you know, the day we had passed away, we wouldn't be able to achieve that level of a tabi'i. Why? It was the companionship of the tabi'i, of the tabi'een, the generation of the tabi'een, to the sahaba that gave them that title of tabi'een. It was the suhbah that we referred to. This suhbah, this companionship, just three letters. This is how important it was. And then the generations that had come after them. And then the generations that had come after them. The Prophet said in one hadith, خَيْرُ الْقُرُونِ قَرْنِ right? The best of all people or groups of people is my, my group, my people. Referring to whom? The Sahaba that were interacting with him, that were a part of his life. ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَدُونَهُمْ And then the, one, the, the ones that had come after them. ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَدُونَهُمْ And then the generations that had come after them. Showing us how important companionship is. Right? So that, so that us today, we, the generations that had come before us were better than us. What, what was better about them than us? Right? What was better about them? It was because they were closer to the group of people that were the companions. Right? They held the companionship of the generation before them. Who held the companionship of the generation before them? Who held the companionship of the, ta- of the tabi'a tabi'een? And then they were companions for the tabi'een. And the tabi'een were companions of the sahaba. And the sahaba were the companions of the Prophet And it was merely that fact, companionship, that makes a group better than another group of people. So much so that we'll never be able to attain that level of righteousness, that level of radat that the Sahaba had, no matter what we, what we aim to achieve. It was merely suhbah. It was merely companionship. It was merely companionship. So who we keep as our company defines us. That is what defined the Sahaba, that is what defined the generations after them, and that is what will define us as well. Right? You can take any... Anyone, for instance, right, the most righteous individual, and you place that person in the company of uh, smokers for one month, 
and that person will inevitably end up smoking. Take one person who's very righteous, you know, is, is, is regular in the masjid, regular recited in the Qur'an, stays away from all forms of sin, and you place that person in the company for 30 days of a group of people that drink heavy, heavily. That person will end up drinking as well. And then the flip side, take someone who we'd consider isn't, isn't going to attain anything in life and place that person in the company of the greatest people and that person will attain, attain wonders. That person will attain wonders simply because of the company that they were placed in. <laughs> so for us, <coughs> knowing how important companionship is, how, how great it is as, in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as He defined the Sahaba and how the Prophet ﷺ defined the Sahaba and knowing how through our own experience and knowing through the experiences of others what sort of a role companionship plays on influencing one another, we should look for people who are the most righteous in our community and we should aim to spend time with those people, spend time in their company, hang out with those individuals, make them our companions because ultimately <coughs> that is how you and I will progress in our deen. If we look at our lives today and we look at the companions that we've now made, Many of them hold us back from our deen. It could be friends that we have, for instance, that have poor habits. And ultimately, no matter what you do, no matter what you try, you spend a few days or a few weeks in their company and those habits will end up coming upon you as well. But it goes even beyond just individuals. You know, maybe a hundred years ago, we could say that companions were limited to human beings, right? But now the companions that we have, you know, go even beyond that. Man's best friend used to be the dog. Now man's best friend is a cell phone. Right, we, we the com the companionship that we've now established with our with our cell phone is is one that's unimaginable. Right, it was it was non existent <coughs> twenty thirty years ago, and people from twenty or thirty or forty years ago wouldn't have imagined that we would have developed such a deep relationship with our cell phones, such that we'll put everything aside in order for us to interact with our phones. Right, our parents will be talking to us. Right, our parents whom we're supposed to hold in the highest regard, and we'll say, just one second, I'm just finishing up this message. One minute here, I'm just I'm just checking this this email. That's our cell phone. That's the interaction that we have uh, that, because we, we've now made it our companion. No matter wherever we go, we're going to take it with us. If it's dying, right, if it's iman or slash battery is, is being wasted away, then we, we have to make sure that we plug it in and we charge it, right? When was the last time that uh, we, we thought about that with our friend? We, we, you know, we thought about recharging our friend, for instance, who was dying. But no, our, 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 our phone, we have that well, connection with, we have that uh, relationship with, and, and we do whatever we can to... to, to um, uh, to, to, to make it our best friend, right? And then you have all these other things, such as the internet, for instance, that we've made our friend. The internet is now, you know, you know man's second best friend. It, 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 wasn't, it used to be that we'd have interactions with people, but now we're so attached to the internet that we've now befriended it, right? And, <coughs> and then we interact with it to, to a certain degree, with such a degree that it begins to put ideas in our mind, right? Things that we never would have thought we'd be able to see in person, we're now able to see on the internet. Things, of, of things that are good, but then things of filth as well. It puts all these sounds in our mind. It puts all these images that create, you know, doubts within our mind about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It implement, instills within us lifestyles of people that have no regard for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it tugs at the fundamental deen that we, that we have. So we... It, 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 it behooves us to, to recognize the importance of suhba and companionship. To identify those people that are uh, righteous within our communities. People that put an importance on the sharia. People that port, put importance on the sunnah. People who read Quran regularly. People who regularly come to the masjid. 
people who regularly spend in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we should look for those people. And if we spend time in the company of these types of people, people of knowledge, people of taqwa, if we spend time in the company of these types of people, rest assured that you will eventually become just like them. Rest assured that you will eventually become just like them. Because time spent in their company is, is beneficial for us because they spend time in the company of people that have come before them. And people that have come before them, and that goes all the way back to the Prophet ﷺ. That companionship that we long for, the Prophet ﷺ, is being transmitted through the people of taqwa and piety of today. And this is how we can effectuate change within ourselves. This is the most common question that young people ask today. You know, how can I change? What can I do in my life that can allow me to finally change my life you know, for the betterment uh, of myself and for my family? How can it be that I finally become a true servant of Allah? How can it be that I finally leave this life of sin, leave this life of heedlessness, leave this life where I'm completely mindless of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And the answer is very simple. The answer is very simple. Keep good company. This is how individuals change. This is how you and I change. This is how the generations before us changed. This is how our teachers and our mashayikh and our ulama have changed. This is the path. This is how the sahaba themselves changed. It was simply the company that they kept. One glance of the Prophet ﷺ upon them and their entire life changed completely around. A glance of someone of taqwa, of piety today. One, <coughs> one glance of them that falls upon you. right? The company that you keep with them and, and the subsequent glance that falls upon you is enough to change your entire life around. And it's the answer for the most common question asked today. How can I change? Simple. Keep good company. And this is how we effectuate change within our families as well. So many families that <coughs> are completely heedless of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala become mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when, for instance, their child goes off to college. Right? You know, for instance, a sister begins to wear hijab and a brother begins to go to the masjid. And they become uh, themselves, they begin to become righteous individuals. And then without even saying a word to their parents or to their siblings or to their families, uh, the, com- the company that they give their families causes change within their families. This is how we effectuate change within our communities as well. If we desire change within our communities, then we have to create opportunities and environments where good company is able to be kept. And if we create those environments, those opportunities, those places where good company is able to be kept, then we'll begin to see tremendous change being effectuated within our communities as well. This has happened since the beginning of time and there's nothing different about it now. So this is the most important concept in our deen. And it's the goal for all of us to look at our companions and look at the people whom we have befriended. And ultimately, look into their lives and say, are they people that have established the sunnah and the sharia in their lives? And if they are people that have done this, then we can expect that we ourselves are going to benefit and we ourselves are going to change as well. If we, if, we, if we spend time in the company of the people that love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, rest assured that you will become a person who loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we spend time in the company of people that worship and love their nafs and love shaitan, then rest assured that you will become a person who ends up loving their nafs and loving shaitan as well. Right? Spend time in the company of those that have you know, developed their hearts, and your heart will also subsequently develop. And spend time in the company of people that have, devel- that have developed and spent time developing their nafs. And ultimately your nafs will also develop. So place an extreme emphasis on whom your companions are. 
think wisely about them. Not just our, not just the human friends that we have, but the friends that extend beyond this. The people that, the, the cell phones that we interact with, the devices that we interact with, the the internet, the te- television, movies, all of these things. And think, have we befriended these more than we've befriended the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? Have we befri- have we befriended these these things of this world more than we befriended Allah subhanahu wa taala? And if that is the case, then it's time to look deep into our lives and think, how can we change the company that we keep such that we become true lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? This deen has been, and it will always be transmitted through companionship. This is how the Sahaba became the Sahaba, the Tabi'een became the Tabi'een. The generations and generations of people after them became who they were. It was merely through the company that they had kept. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to find righteous company within our communities and grant us the tawfiq to spend time in that righteous company. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <coughs> allow us to find people that love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and allow us to keep their company and benefit from their company. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from the evils of, ilk, of evil companions and protect us from the difficulties and challenges associated with poor company. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.